Hello, friends, and welcome to the 30th, 7th, there we go, episode of All New Snap Judgments, the 65th episode overall that we've been doing this, this, whatever our branding is. As always, I am Roy Rogers, and joining me is my friend and yours, Aaron, 10 inches of snow glazer. Aaron, my friend, how much did you enjoy your snow day this week? And why is the rest of the East Coast jealous? Uh, because snow days are glorious. It was a wonderful, quiet day. I like wonderful, quiet days. Uh, yes. I, I only got four union calls while I was at home <laughs> during the snow day. Working on a snow day, truly tragic, but at least doing things for your fellow workers, which is really all we can ask for on this Valentine's Day, which although this will not actually be coming out on this wonderful Hallmark holiday, I want to wish our loyal listeners and loyal viewers a very happy Valentine's Day, which is both a very fun day, but can be difficult for many people. And I just hope everyone who is listening or watching this is well. But Aaron, what special guests are jumping in to join us and ring in this Hallmark holiday? We are joined first by a returning guest, one of our favorite all-time guests, one of the constantly most demanded and most beloved voices in the Marvel Snap community. It is Lauren Whatevs. How you doing? How are you? I'm pretty good myself. Uh, Lauren, how can our wonderful people that already know how to find you, because we have you on every week, find you? It's only number three. I'm on Twitter at Lauren Whatevs, and I write at Marvel Snap Zone like, once a month, my <laughs> January one is running quite late, but there's a good reason for that. <laughs> well, I mean, like if they follow you on Twitter, they'll get the articles that you would write on SnapZone, but for free. So what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, the, the articles you yell at me about. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, we are joined by burgeoning streamer and Twitter personality extraordinaire. It's Benjamin Roller. How you doing, Ben? <laughs> I'm doing all right. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan. We're happy to have you, and I'm a big fan of yours. How can our people become fans of yours as well? Oh, gosh. Twitter really is the main spot to find me. I, I do have a Twitch and also technically a YouTube, but I don't use either one very often. YouTube. Yeah, uh, well, there's nothing there. there. There are a bunch of videos of me playing Catherine really well. Oh, that, that's good a choice that I choice. used to do. I uh, Good choice. honestly like one one of the best in the world at it. If uh, and not just uh, being a braggy, a braggy bud, but that's um, really cool. Yeah, that was a different chapter of my life, and now it's all card games all the time, baby. I've left the blocks behind. <laughs> Fair enough. So wait, wait what's your Twitter? But yeah, Benjamin, ben, we'll get the actual handle <laughs> as the young young. Oh shoot! Call oh it. yeah. Um, you can find everyone. me at Benjamin Roller. I believe there is an underscore. Actually, I'm quite certain there's an underscore. I was uh, feigning uncertainty, but there's no there's no need. I'm Benjamin <laughs> underscore Roller on Twitter and also Twitch, I believe, both with the underscore. Awesome. Welcome to the underscore. Roy, underscore this segment with our socials. Yes, if you are looking to engage with us on social media, you can find us on Elon Musk's hell site at Snapjudge. Cast, we are incredibly grateful each and every day to be the official podcasting partner of Marvel Snap Zone, the website that employs Lauren and Glazer and lots of Den and lots of our other friends 
And they, besides letting us be here on their YouTube channel, has the best large Discord in all of Marvel Snap. And it's going through some cool organizational changes. If you want to be a part of these cool organizational changes and be where all the cool kids are, you should definitely click the link in the description of this episode on YouTube or on your friendly neighborhood podcatcher and join the Discord. If you would like to use the internet equivalent of snail mail email to reach us where we will do our best to respond through all the kick spam that Aaron shoved in that account. Uh, our email is snapjudgmentspodcast at gmail.com. Besides the Marvel Snap Zone Discord, which again, you should definitely join, the two most important socials for us are up here at the end. We will start first and foremost with our YouTube channel at Snap Judgments Pod, where each and every day, except Saturdays, except Laser, Saturdays that's except, when this goes live. Yes, uh, is a daily snap take, sometimes multiple daily snap takes from Aaron Glazer. Now, Aaron, if our loyal listeners were to become our loyal viewers of YouTube, what would they find on that wonderful Google software right now? We are now a Call Obsidian fan site. It's all Call all the time from now on. And I hope you enjoy Call because that is the only card we're ever going to talk about again. We also tragic. on Sunday. Absolutely tragic. Uh, on Sunday and Monday, we have special videos for you. Sunday, we are doing an five all hip decks. And Monday, we're doing advanced Marvel snap tips that when I ran by Lambie, he went, dude, you better explain these well. These are complicated. So get ready for those two. All right. Well, that is not the only way to sort of fundamentally engage with us and support us. You should definitely join the Discord for Marvel Snap Zone. Follow us on YouTube, which we are very close. By the time you listen to this, we will be over 9K. Awesome job, Aaron. But the way to most directly support the content that Aaron does is our Patreon Snap Judgments. And if you... I had no idea where that was going. I forgot the Patreon. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I have a whole thing about this tournament that you're organizing yeah, yeah, that you should probably put the slide up for now. All right, okay. you ruined my wonderful transition that I was, you know, thinking of while you were talking. Like, it's, I'm so sorry. you're the one who He's bullied like, uh, me into ever agreeing that you should have a Patreon, and here you forget about it. All right, anyway, $1 tier, you can join this awesome, awesome, awesome tournament that Aaron has put together with our friend Gunny T, among other people. And there's tons of content creators. Aaron, why don't you lay it out for our loyal listeners and loyal viewers what the Snap Judgments League, which if you give us $1 a month, really, and when I say us, I mean Aaron, $1 a month, you'd be able to participate in. Oh, like I'm not going to lose money on the tournament. All right, basically how this works <laughs> is you get put into a pod of 32 people. Those Among those 32 people will be various content creators and so on. You'll play one game a week scheduled at your own leisure because I understand that everyone playing this game more or less is a busy-ass adult and so that your time is valuable. So you schedule the game with your opponent, you play that game, report winner, and then you get another game next week. Whoever wins the pod ends up um, getting a free season pass. Then they're put into a winner's pod. The winner's pod will be a single elimination pod where you will play until you get a grand prize. The grand prize is going to be whatever the hell the big bundle of the month is. We can't tell you what that'll be because Second Dinner has decided we don't deserve to know anymore. But, but, 
that's not all. The second prize, uh, we're also going to do raffles throughout for various different little um, bundles as they come up or season passes as they come up. And how often do you get a chance to say you beat Lauren Whatevs in a tournament or Lauren Whatevs beat your brains in? How often do you get to say that Benjamin rollered over you? Well, this is your chance to do so. Join the tournament. Also, this is going to be like the start of Marvel Snap history because we're going to keep um, records between tournaments and try and like get a thing going for this. So this should be hopefully a major thing going forward. Awesome. I really think it's important for our loyal listeners and viewers to understand that this is a reverse pyramid scheme. On YouTube, you mostly find pyramid <laughs> schemes where Glazer is trying to, or someone is trying to get you to give them money so they can take more of your money. This is the case where you're giving Aaron money so he can give you even more money. It is truly yes. give someone a dollar, you know, uh, and get two in the future. So please, please, please feel free to join us on the $1 tier so that you can participate in this tournament. Again, it's a really unique experience in the card gaming space. There's not a lot of these kind of leagues that give you that give you access to both playing many of your fellow normie players and some of the best content creators and most famous content creators in the game. Really cool, really awesome experience. You should definitely, definitely, definitely sign up for it. And it's only a couple of weeks before the first season kicks off. So really, really exciting. All right. I worked 14 hours today, so I don't want to continue with any fancier transitions. So we're going to talk about the new card of the week, Call <laughs> Obsidian. All right. Call is a four cost, 10 strength, series five, 6K token card. All right. You can only play this card where you have a one cost card. Is the drawback of this. Lauren, as our resident math expert, is having to have a one cost card in Call of Obsidian's lane actually a cost or a drawback or what have you? Or is Call the most busted card that has ever been printed in Marvel Snap? Or somewhere in between? <laughs> Those are the only two options. Yeah. Is what I was going to say. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you um, I don't, like, if you have like three one costs in your deck, it is not going to be very often that you have Quill in hand and can't play him by the end of the game. Um, of course it's possible that you just can't and I guess in those situations he's not as good as the other four tens but mm. those odds are small and I yeah. think everybody's already seen that Cole is good um, uh, especially because you can uh, Cole is bad oh yeah? Oh, okay. yeah? I don't want to shout out the name but one person yeah. on Twitter uh, is sitting there going you know Cole is just bad it's just strong bait it's just bad. Like, yeah. Uh, there's there some. Yeah. Sorry, I've got, I'd just like to jump in and say, in my experience, you can get away with running two one drops and playing Call Obsidian. Uh, as long as you've got like other things to do on turns four and five, you know, like if all of your eggs are in the coal basket, then yeah, you should probably run three one drops. But if you're like doing flexible, nonlinear things, uh, two two has been enough for me. Uh, that's just been my experience. But also, these people with Shang-Chi, like, you know, Shang-Chi is not a job creator. Shang-Chi, like, only exists to respond to, like, large things like Call of Sidian. Like, it, it, the, the, the idea that you shouldn't play cards because there's a tech card that counters them is just bonkers to me. And if, can I if play, a card... Can I play Glenn for a second? Threats are better than answers. 
Precisely. Whoa. I knew there was a, a, a concise way to express that. Yeah, it's it's buck wild. I don't know. And and if Cull Obsidian gets like shot down by naysayers, what chance do the weird cards have? Like, if it's so easy to be closed minded that you can write off Cull Obsidian, like, how how are some of these future cards even going to find their audience, so to speak? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we let Glazer share his opinion, um, I definitely want to slightly defend the people who like are like this card could be bad right because call obsidian is a vulnerable card to shang chi and some other counterplay the question you have to ask for cards like this which are bait for shang chi is is it worth the cost like is the risk of getting shang chi which is the most commonly played tech card in the game like worth it for this card right like is the drawback like something that and if we're down to you just need two one drops then yes call is a hundred percent worth it Right, but if you really have to go out of your way, and what you get is a four ten that dies to Shang Chong Chi, maybe not worth it. But here, it's clearly been shown that in, with tons of decks, that apparently again, you can go as low as two one cost cards, or as high as however one many one cost cards Thanos has, and this card is very strong. Six. Yes, there we go. Plus whatever ones you're running, you know, Nebula <laughs> or Sunspot or whatever, right? So like clearly the the juice is worth the squeeze in this case. But I think like people who immediately think, okay, this card is Shang-Chi bait. It has some kind of drawback. Is it is it worth it? I think is a reasonable question to ask, right? The dies to removal crowd, you know, anything that dies to a removal spell to use the magic term, right? There's always those people that are always going to do it. But I think when you are evaluating cards, particularly cards that are just like, this does not do anything but provide stats, you know, um, it's worth asking, okay, is this worth the effort? And then I get Shang-Chi'd. Clearly it is, but it may not have been if this was actually a drawback. Now I'll allow Aaron to say whatever he, he would say that you could also get on our YouTube channel. I mean, I don't have a lot to say. Like, I'm going to have to figure out how to analyze this card. 410 good, big number good, no downside good. like what am i supposed to say like this is the most obviously powerful card since yeah i I mean like iron lad right like like it's not the strongest card since iron lad there have been other incredibly powerful cards i i got big marvel vibes yeah like yeah but uh people so it's worth remembering that our content creator friends including myself although i had it ranked number two had ms marvel ranked number three that season well that was silly which means cards so like we're all wrong sometimes so but right but like also i'm not sure if they were a thousand percent wrong like they were definitely wrong right but like the cards that it was behind were gladiator who it took one tweak and the tweak is american not the plus one power to become a meta card right and annihilus and annihilus is probably the best five in the game so like i'm not super hating but like Ms. Marvel wasn't like immediately looked at and like that's one of the best cards in the game. Right? Like you could look at Cull and just be like, I mean, Elsa. It's the most obvious card since Elsa. Right? Like because everyone knew Elsa was stupid. <laughs> plus three. Yeah, plus three. Elsa said plus three yeah. in any lane. So like Elsa was guaranteed to be stupid. But Cull is just amazingly obviously powerful. And in in a way that sort of defies analysis. I still don't know if long term he's going to be the best card this month, but he's certainly going to be the most omnipresent card this month. He's going to be the most played card this month. So by certain definitions of best, he's basically guaranteed to be best. He's going to be strong. He's a meta card. He's one of those cards you can buy without any fear of like regretting your purchase. You'll just be happy to have him because he's going to go and shit for him. 
Unless you, they nerf him, but like, how do you nerf? Or him? unless they make a four eleven. I mean, even then, you no, you still probably ghosts, play him, right? But, like, you know, you just play them both, and you call it a day. Right? Unless like, power you creep run him really with starts you run him, Yeah, you run him with Darkhawk. You run him with Sentry now, right? Like, the decks he's played in are generally Zabu decks, right? Not always, but like largely Zabu decks. Yeah, which means that like you're running multiple fours anyway. So if they release a four eleven, you're like, cool, I've got a four ten and a four eleven. Shine them both, sucker. Well, you could definitely feel bad because this is literally one of the most boring cards that they've printed in a <laughs> while. But speaking of less boring cards, uh, we are halfway through the Black Order month. Benjamin, Black Swan, Super Giant, thoughts, feelings, opinions. Hot takes, cold uh, takes, anything in between. I kind of don't like either one of these cards very much. Neither one really uh, speaks to me as a player. Um, I Black Swan is the one that I've experimented with more because it, you know, it it can be friends with some of my favorite little things. But um, Supergiant, I think, is kind of profoundly unfun, and I just mm-hmm. sort of wish it weren't around. But you know, uh, as long as somebody's having fun, it doesn't have to be me. Uh, what? Yeah, not my I kind of card. don't like that opinion. <laughs> you should have fun all the time. <laughs> Maybe. Lauren? Uh, I still haven't figured out how to use her. and I've been trying some quirky things. Maybe that's the problem. Um... Obviously, she's good defensively, but that's so meta-dependent. I don't think she's worth running just for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it depends on the meta. I guess if Leech starts being everywhere, then sure, let's let's run Super Giant. Then um, I was hoping she'd be more fun for doing silly things, and there are some silly things. Like I was playing Binks's uh, three-card deck. Have any of you tried that? Uh, that is. Regis Kilbin's three-card deck. Oh, you're right, Regis. My bad. That was very fun, and it's something you could have already done with Invisible Woman, but I guess the Supergiant means you also get to be disruptive at the same time. <laughs> and, and I did win matches playing only three cards. Uh, you know, it's a Supergiant, Taskmaster, Blob, and you just get two gigantic cards. Um... That's kind of fun, I guess. Even though I'm not a big cards person, it's just silly enough to tickle me. So, Super Giant. Okay. Super Giant. It's incredibly frustrating to have Super Giant played against you. That's how I know it's good. Huh. Like, whenever I play Super Giant, I feel like I haven't done enough. But then when Super Giant's played against me, I'm like, shit. I just spent all this time setting up these plays. And now they're garbage, and I have to replan in two minutes. And depending on how good and quickly your opponent can do that, that's going to determine how good Supergiant is in that matchup. Um, I think Supergiant's great. I genuinely think Supergiant's going to be underrated for a while. I mess- I literally, I said this, I don't know where the hell I said this. I messaged W, like, a day ago, and I was like, hey, uh, why didn't you break Supergiant yet? And he was like, oh, I will. I just, I've been busy. <laughs> I was like, it looks like your kind of card. He's like, no, 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 this is exactly my kind of card. I got this. I was like, thank you. So W will casually break Supergiant relatively soon whenever the free time opens up. Um, Black Swan sucks. You're not going to convince me otherwise. Black Swan super duper sucks. I kind of think the effect is not something that you really like need or want. It, uh, yeah, I don't know. 
there aren't one costs there aren't enough one costs that you want to play late. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right? it. So like I've seen somebody do it with Ghost Spider and Iron Fist, and I can kind of see that. Where it's like yeah. get some extra movement effects right at the end of the game. But mostly one costs don't have a lot of value late in the game. Right? Late in the game you want stats. So I guess dropping Titania and Mario for free is pretty cool, but it's just yeah, I have I have played good Black Swan decks, but she feels extra, not anywhere close to necessary. Like playing a lot of one cost cards means that you're playing a lot of one cost cards, and that's like uh they don't do very much, is the fact of the matter. Uh, there's a reason we like four cost cards. And it's not just Zabu. It's because they justify the, the slot, you know, opportunity cost and all that. I mean like so I tried it Roy last week was like I think that this card will be good in specific shells that um that where you play it on three and play it on four so I tried it in a bunch of those and the best of those shells are black swan into super giant in my experience which is actually pretty cool um but even then like I wasn't winning those games I was just able to output more power early you you did a cool thing on the way to losing um because I was still playing a bunch of ones, right? And yeah. like then I just dropped a bunch of ones, and you know what? They could hide when I play Super Giant Killmonger. Yeah. So that was bad. Um, I don't know. It's it's been, yeah. It just it doesn't do anything for me. It's I play it in bounce decks, and in bounce decks it operates as worse old beast. Yeah, that's now. That I, yeah, thing. I need two cards to accomplish what I used to need one card to accomplish. So thanks, I guess, but I'd still hate this card. I mean, I used it in Zoo to close out my infinite run. Like it, I think it helps Zoo be more viable. But I still don't know if it's enough to really make Zoo realistic outside of Series Two. I will continue to beat the drum that all cost reduction will eventually be busted eventually. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just will. Like Zabu. Just the right one yeah. cost. The right one I, cost. I or... think... What's her face? Uh, the villain the villain from Loki uh was also like Ravona Renslayer. Ravona, yeah. Uh was poo-pooed as well. Who knows they might slightly adjust some number and then suddenly the opportunity cost goes a lot down. So like Black Swan is a definitely, I think, a good a good sees a pass to buy similar to, Z- to Zabu, although Zabu was busted right out of the burn. But like, I don't think ever buying cost reduction cards is ever really a bad idea because it's going to come around. So. Uh, if you made it an ongoing, it would be amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes, it <laughs> would be. Yes, it would. Yes, it would definitely be busted. Okay. And we, we've truly reached the nonsense level of this discussion of this month's <laughs> cards. If Glazer suggesting just busting cards. All right. But we are doing buy or sell Glazer real quick. Will you explain this for our loyal listeners and loyal viewers? So buy or sell. We have 10 takes. We are going to buy or sell each of them. Our goal is to not half buy or half sell. You are wholesale as buying or selling these 10 takes because we can discuss the nuance of course that's where the interesting discussion lies but your job is to ultimately buy or sell the takes involved so our first take is the valentine's week event from february 13th to 20th should be permanent these changes are for our dear uh, listeners who are not aware 
Angela and Sarah get plus one, and this works if you play one, the other gets plus one. Then you play the other, the first one gets plus one. That makes sense, right? Did I explain that well enough to be coherent? Yes. Okay, good. Spider-Man and Ghost Spider with plus one. Nakia and Black Panther with plus one. Star-Lord and Gamora with plus one. Iron Man and Rescue with plus one. Vision and Scarlet Witch with plus one. She-Hulk and Daredevil with plus two. Cap and Agent 13 plus two. Gambit and Rogue plus two. Invisible Woman and Mr. Fantastic plus two. Real quick, Aaron, for our loyal listeners and loyal viewers. If someone is buying, does that mean they like it or they don't like it? Buying means that these changes should be permanent. Selling mm-hmm. means, nah, we can't make this permanent. This would be busted. And you can't mm-hmm. just make some permanent, permanent, although we can discuss the ones, obviously, that we would most like to see be permanent, i.e. Captain America. So I will toss our first buy-sell answer to, again, our resident math expert, Lauren, who definitely, because she knows math, must be good at economics. All right, Lauren, <laughs> buy or sell the Valentine's Day uh, changes. Okay. The real challenge is we can't we can't do halvesies because I'd be like, mm, if we could, then we should just you know, the ones that aren't problematic should just get them as permanent stats. So that is a that's a half measure. Hey, but um, which ones so are permanent gonna, stats? Which ones uh, are problems? I don't nope. know if any of them are problems, which is kind of my point. But oh. I don't like them as abilities. I don't like the, the power couple ability is fun for like an event. But if I were to make these permanent, I would much rather them just get their base stats improved. As somebody who likes deck building, I don't like the I don't like encouraging very specific deck building mm-hmm. when you could keep them more general and flexible. Yeah, it seems reminiscent of the data mine version of Call Obsidian that required you to have an infinity stone where you wanted to play him. And no card should say own a series five to play this on it. That that would I be mean, bonkers. Call would be healthier if, if he were printed with that text. Yeah, that when they cut it, maybe but... they should have made him a four nine. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's somebody, that's going to be their first spotlight cache they open, and they get a card that says you need the rarest, least hard, or least easy to get card in the game. Like, it's it's always going to be Series 5, by the way. Like, that that is just such a slap in the face for such a huge expenditure of resources and a moment that should be, like, really exciting for a new player. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Since when do they care about new players? Uh, they need to start. <laughs> Fair. All right, good. So wait, are you buying or selling? Oh, I, uh, I mean, I guess these are all fine because they're all series three or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. I am also of the opinion that maybe they should just give cards the proper stats and then we don't need to. I mean, like, I, I guess the flavor is fun. And I do think that they are test driving future team based like things like this but i don't think we need the power couple mechanic specifically in the future even if we do get something that functions similarly uh down the road uh also so I, I guess i'm buying or selling get get it away from me so i'm selling too but also if i hear one more person go why didn't we get cyclops and gene not oh. realizing that all these are series three i'm gonna put my head through a wall yeah it's so completely obnoxious it's like just look at what series they are. Actually, Ghost Spider Series 4, right? 
So we've got one series. Oh, is, uh, I guess. Wait, did Go? Did Glenn this. not move down to series three? No, I believe okay. she's series four. Well, there you go, Laser. So actually, well, you need to maybe apologize. There is no internal logic. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you need to apologize to. There's, there's the, still the, no series five. The, there's still no series five because every other complaint I've seen involves a series five card. I mean, they could just Gene do Cyclops and, and Cyclops and um, Emma Frost. So those are both. Oh, yeah, so fine. these characters have all been around for like 50 years. <laughs> They've all gotten around to multiple romantic partners. I mean, like some, the, not not Angela and Sarah, but okay, looks, not all and, of them. Looks, but, and some yeah. of these are in no way couples, which is my favorite. Like Daredevil and She-Hulk are not a couple. Okay, you—that's MCU bias. You are—you are forgetting what the yeah. primary fans from Mo- Marvel Snap are not comics fans. Glazer, they are MCU fans, and I know—and you didn't make it to the end of and She-Hulk, they, but the they, best they two episodes ripped, of She-Hulk, the, the, the Walk of Shame that up. Daredevil does dating. is iconic. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a memorable moment. They're and, dating. They're not. Uh, whatever. They, same, they, Star Lord and Gamora they, are not huge in the comics. Like, like, like it's. Yeah, it's MCU bias, bro. All right, fine, whatever, whatever the hell it is. Okay, okay. I think I so bluntly, I'm selling. I think this event is stupid. I was assuming everyone's (laughs) going to say no. We also can't have a three five gambit and a three four rogue because what the actual fuck? But um, like whenever everyone's like, none of these are broken. If you give gambit and rogue are broken, you can't have a three five gambit and a three four. You should also have to play them together, which um, you know, I don't see a lot of synergistic potential there. Sure, but the second there is, it's immediately broken. Then, and like you just do them in Surfer, they're in every Surfer deck forever. Oh, that's the point. You just gave them the Surfer buff before that you have to Surfer, and then you get the Surfer buff too. Yeah, all right. I see that. But yeah, I'm selling. I I do not enjoy this event. I'm purposely not playing any decks with these. I just, I think this is not fun. I've just been abstaining out of laziness, and I already had plenty of ideas I wanted to try. But, but yeah, I, I appreciate your principles on this one. I just I don't like it. It's dumb. All right, on the other hand, I don't appreciate Glazer's principles in this, and think he's a hater. Um, oh, and so I will buy. I'll be, the, I guess, the one here who buys. Not out of a particular thing. I think it's adorable. Like I, I wish they had been even larger with Marvel couples and more <laughs> inclusive. And, but I mean, I do think fundamentally in the most serious way, I agree with everyone that like, I hope this is set up for an Avengers mechanic, an X-Men mechanic, like, like a, to use, what's the term that Marvel's currently using? It's not, um, uh, but anyway, for, for sort of group mechanics, right. Um, where, you know, if you play the Avengers together, you get some sort of small buff, right. I think that that's a fun entry, entry level deck building, like, um, for people who are in series three or, you know, just like, you know, one of the first ways when I started playing card games was like, I, I started playing the game of Thrones card game. I love Arya. I love John. Mm-hmm. I love Ned. Yeah. I want all of them in my deck. Dark right. Well, gross. there's a, yeah, yeah there, there's a deck for you. Yeah. There's a deck for me. Right. Like if you love the Avengers, right. Like putting all the Avengers in a deck together is a thing and you get a small benefit. Right. Like I think that is a mechanic and it might be a mechanic that powers up, people who have lower collection levels that could help newer players, like not necessarily compete at the highest level or high with the most powerful decks, all of them running call of city or whatever. But I think anything you can do to sort of get people to think about deck building, think about cards that you put in there and flavor wins. Like I am also a person who loves sort of the flavor wins of this kind of stuff. So 
I do think it could also have the opposite effect, though, where if you're missing one of the key pieces of your preferred, like, team affiliation or whatever, like, if there's a Series 5 that you really need to make the, well, not the Fantastic Four, that was was a bad example, but you get the idea. Yeah, Yeah, you you see what I'm driving at. X-Men, Avengers. What if Jean Grey is actually the linchpin of the whole operation? And, you know, you you have your Cyclops that you got in Series 1, but... He's ex. Well, I mean, he's he's already unplayable. Okay, well, you, examples are hard. <laughs> no, I, so I, I you're also really generic. Wait, like, I also like it noted that I don't want people to think too much about deck building because my YouTube channel exists. We're good, thank you. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna uh, have Lauren finish her thought, and then we're gonna move on to the next buy or sell. I'm just going to say, what if you made it really generic? These are all one other character, but what if you did an X-Men and you don't have to have the whole team? It's just mm-hmm. if you have any two X-Men, your X-Men buff is activated. Any others you play, they also just get the same plus one buff or whatever. I like that. And that way, you also get more deck flexibility. Like, you could use any two X-Men and get the benefit. Awesome, awesome. I am selling this conversation. I'm not allowing Aaron to finish it. We need to move on or we will be here all night. So, all right, our next one, which we'll start with you, Benjamin. Buy or sell, it's good for Marvel Snap that Hela is a tier one deck. Um, I'm So selling is the one where I think this is nonsense and it's no good. And uh, I'm strongly, yes, I would like to sell this as hard as humanly possible. Uh, if I said anything else, I think Safety Blade would have some words with me. Uh, no, it's, it's not have words good with you, no for what. Hella to be. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Point is, uh, he's right about Hella. No good. Casino mechanics should not be running the show. It's not great. Um, that's just my opinion. I know that some people just love to high roll, but it, the roller does not. That's not not my thing. I. It's so out of control. You don't even pick the locations. I'm all about picking the locations. I don't know. I I think it's no good and unhealthy. And uh, it's not a nuanced take. But if you all can find some nuance in Hella, I would just love to hear about it. Laura? I I agree. It's a sell. Um, It's a game where you're supposed to play cards in Hella. Like, you do have to play cards to set her up. But also... That can be a three-card deck. It can be Invisible Woman, Modakala. Um, I know that's not the prevailing deck right now, but um, the other thing is, if she's number one, then you the only way to... I shouldn't say the only way. The way to beat her, though, is tech. And I think... I think you want a deck on top that can be beaten by... Uh, Doing your a lot own more thing. flexible options. It shouldn't be so specific to how you beat it. There's only yeah. a few cards that can be Hella. Right. I get to be the contrarian again. Bye, 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 bye. Um, cool. I think that well-built Hella decks have JT. the right level of variance, right? Like, like the all-in, just like play all the big pro people, Modoc and spin anything like that. That's a fun meme. I've done that many times, but I think like the Black Knight sort of like black these kind of versions of Hella, I think are no different than 
any of the RNG decks, ones that rely on Lockjaw or Jubilee or any of these mechanics that are very common in Ben Bird games that randomly pull cards out of, move them from one zone to the other. Like it's not, and these aren't even generating surprise cards. Like you've seen the cards be discarded, right? You, like you know, Infinite is 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 a possibility that could come out, or what ha- or or what have you. Yes, it ends up in random lanes, but there's definitely ways to plan around it. Are you always going to beat it, even though you are an awesome Aristotle level card game player? No. Sometimes the whims of fate get you, even though you. Go, are part of the academy of card game players. But I think that Hella, as far as RNG does, is a very reasonable combo, uh, combo deck. It has, it's vulnerable to some tech cards. It's vulnerable to randomness. Like, I think its vulnerabilities are fine. It as far as, I find it far from the, one of the least obnoxious decks that perennially comes up here. So I will definitely buy, buy, buy. So I'm selling. It's gotten too good. Um, it hit number one on the infinite leaderboard, and Hella should not be number one on the infinite leaderboard. Its issue is that by virtue of it hitting number one, by virtue of it honestly just chilling in the top like thirty for the past several seasons, it's remarkably consistent. Casino Hella was completely fine when it was more random, and now that you can pull off Hella almost every game, and like it is literally almost every game outside of random draw lock, you can pull it off as much as you can pull off your regular good stuff combos now. Um, or close enough to that. I think that is too much. If the point of a casino deck is that, like, you're not supposed to be consistent, right? And it is consistent. And, like, comparing it to Lockjaw as a problem is fair, comparing it to Jubilee as a problem is fair. But you know what? Hella decks run Lockjaw and Jubilee, mm-hmm. right? And they've managed to, like, maximize the percentages. At this point, there's just enough cards. There's just enough cards that make it really good. They've released just enough targeted discard that this is fundamentally like... I mean, and it's also fundamentally tech-proof. Outside of, like, a lucky Cosmo, it's really hard to out-tech Hella. Like, they don't have priority because they've played basically no real power early in the game, which means your general Shang-Chi shit is good. So you can Cosmo and then hope you hit an Eliath 50-50. And outside of that, um, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, yeah. Cosmo in a lockjaw lane is phenomenal. Play Ghost. Uh, okay, I mean, I guess you can play Ghost and then be like, haha, I shonged one of your lanes, and hopefully all your stuff came up there. But not only do I not know if your stuff is going to come up there, you don't either. Right? So, like, there's, it's not even a 50-50. It's a whims of fate. Sorry, my wife just came out dressed as a bear. Um... <laughs> This is very disruptive. Shoot. Sorry. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, we can barely continue here. Uh, Benjamin or Lauren, additional thoughts? Uh, I think if the nicest thing we can say about Hella as a tier one deck is that, well, Hella's not any worse than Lockjaw. Uh, like, I mean, sure. You know, <laughs> like, uh, if that's where we're setting the bar for healthy game mechanics and stuff. I I don't know. I think Lockjaw here. is a separate busted issue. Here, here. Ready for number three? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Buy or sell, Lauren. Marvel Snap would benefit from the changes to Meek, uh, Yondu, and Mantis. 
and Lauren, tell us what these changes are, because I obviously did not have time to write them on the slide. I never yeah, came. Yeah, you're going to make me do it off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. Nick is now, instead of at the end of the turn, it just gets power for discards, which I guess would open it up to Dracula. And then I have also, the actual text here, if you want. Hey, puppy. The, oh, the text Yeah, is, you go full. I do my dog. When you <laughs> discard a card, this gains plus one power and can move next turn. So cool. Very cool. Okay, what's Yandu? Uh, I don't actually have that one. I've got Mantis, though. Go ahead, let's Mantis. Mantis is on reveal. If your opponent played any cards here this turn, copy one of them into your hand. And is Yandu destroy the lowest cost card in your opponent's deck? Isn't that's that what, what it is? is? That's what on I've reveal, destroy the lowest cost card in your opponent's deck. Okay. So would Marvel Snap benefit from cha- these cha- uh, changes by herself? Sorry, I decided to not be able to breathe while I was talking. Huh. I'm buying Yandu's another hit against Destroy. To me, it still feels like a really tiny one, but it does hurt um, Null, I guess. Um, oh, interesting. It hits, it hits Deadpool or X23. Yeah, I thought this makes Yandu a better card, but uh, that's that's interesting. I, I, I mean, see it depends it. on what the most valuable what you're cards using your it for. Like, I, I guess if you want to power up Null, he's worse. But if you want to target something like Iron Man or the opposing Null or, you know, whatever well, other power, low power thing. Like, is it lowest power is or it, cost? Oh, is it power or cost? I think I, it's cost. Look, so oh. even then, just hitting Let's Zabu, look. hitting Deadpool, hitting whatever um, is great. Well, I think the main reason you run Yondu right now is for death and Null, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, milling isn't a real strategy yet. I mean, and if it were targeted, it I feel like it could be. Because, like, Silver Samurai is so much better than Moon Knight. It's wild. That's true. It's lowest cost. Lowest cost. Yeah. That Yeah, I don't like that as much as lowest power. <laughs> Agreed. Um, Meek is awesome. Being able to yeah. control where he moves is excellent and makes me wish I got that card. Meek is already series just four, fine. So, yeah. Um, that's the impression I've gotten. I just don't play discard. And then Mantis, I, I don't think it makes her any better. No, no. Not, except not except maybe little. that it guarantees that you can play the card. Yeah, but the cards want to be played on specific turns. You don't want to be playing last turns. Like the the fashions have moved on. We're we're wearing the spring styles now. <laughs> like I don't know. Get getting oh. getting the leftovers from the opponent is probably not a way forward. Uh, so I'm buying, but I don't think Yandor mantras are good. I just think they're more interesting. Yeah. Like they have metas where I can see wanting them. Like I'd, in an, like if they released Elsa again, right? I would run Elsa and Mantis. Hmm. Mantis against Elsa? I would like, like if they that... released Elsa again, a two drop that was insanely powerful like Elsa. And I wanted two copies of that two drop, like I wanted two copies oh. of Elsa. And you I would thought run you knew they Elsa. were going to play it in a given lane. I mean, if you mess up, if you miss, you miss. You just played a two three. A lot of your two threes do nothing late game anyway. Hmm. Well, I think it's interesting, if not good, because it's terrible now. 
Like yeah, at least ba- be bad and interesting. It wouldn't see any Yondu, less play. Yeah, Yandu would be bad. It would be out of a stupid shell that I don't like anyway. Mm-hmm. And it would be interesting as a tech piece for when certain things happen in the meta. And then Mick would be amazing, so I'm totally fine. Uh, right. I love the Meek change, but I have to sell because I think that the Yandu change is like kind of dumb and the Mantis <laughs> change is like a side grade. So like why spend time like turning your wheels for two other cards? Like the Meek change is awesome, but I uh, two out of three, I think are garbage. So I've got to, I've got to sell this since there's no in between. I can't just take my boy Meek and leave the other two in the trash can. So got to yeah. put all of them in there. Ultimately, half glass full for Roy. And Meek is doing just fine. I I maintain a perfectly playable card with very good stats if you're doing the right things with him. Yeah, I like Meek. I think this version of Meek would be even better. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm rooting for him, but he's he's doing okay. One more week, and I think he's going to be obviously busted. So we just got to get there. We just got to get there. All right, let's move on to our next buy or sell which I believe we are starting with Benjamin here. All right. Buy or sell. Leech is a symptom of a bad meta, not a disease making it bad. And I need to add a quote, Aaron Glazer. All right. So (laughs) here, all right, here we go. All right. I guess I, my opinion is not particularly well suited to the format of buy or sell. Um, I do think that Leech is, uh, definitely a response to something and i guess i don't think that he makes a meta bad or good is um i i think he's just like a fact of life and i do think he's an unfun card but um i don't know i guess he's serving a purpose i i guess i i guess i'm buying this take because it's not the worst and i don't hate it um, I don't know. This this isn't like the Hello one where I knew immediately uh, which side of the fence I was on. I don't know. Maybe someone more... Uh, with more conviction on the issue would like to express their feelings. Lauren, do you have more convictions on this subject? Nope. This one I'm also I'm like not quite sure because I don't love Leech. I do think that the release valve is important, but recently we've seen some decks running him pretty freely. Don't mm. love that. Um, you don't like to see that like, much of him. Yeah, I mean, isn't Darkhawk still running him even now that Blob isn't everywhere? Oof. I don't. So it's like. <laughs> I feel just like gray on this one. Like he's not, he's mm-hmm. not there because of a bad meta. Uh, I guess I'm selling. Cause I actually think he is more harming the meta than he is answering the meta. Mm. At least recently. I, I thought it was one, but the more I play, the more I think it's two. It's just, it makes games less interesting and I don't like making games less interesting. Definitely an unfun card. Uh, I guess the, my interpretation of this would be buy, but not always for the way that Aaron kind of tries to articulate this version of this. For me, 
the 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 disease is Marvel Snap is a game that heavily rewards decks that get ahead, stay ahead, and Leech is the most obnoxious get ahead, stay ahead card. But it's full of a lot of bullshit that exists in this game that with that play style that it like really supports. Um, you know, Call Obsidian is a, is an example of a get ahead, stay ahead sort of kind of card. Um, and this is just like the extreme, most obnoxious um, version of that. So while it is a symptom of a bad meta, I think it's more of a symptom of like the worst aspects of Marvel snap, at least from, from my, my opinion versus specific metas, like specific metas draw that out, but that is always floating as anyone who's ever played for example, against Siri, Shiri red, Shuri red skull. Like that's the ultimate example to me of like, get ahead, stay ahead, put some numbers on the board and, Okay, cool. Uh, lots of fun. So for me, I, I have to buy, maybe not the exact way Glazer, who will now go in and give his variant of this take, but I, but definitely the spirit of it, I agree with. I mean, I'm selling because Leech isn't fun, right? Like when I play card games, I'd like it to be fun. Playing Leech isn't especially fun. You're just saying now the game stops happening. And like, that's ultimately lame. And then the opposite case is not fun either. So I think Leech is stupid, and I wish this card did not exist anymore. That's my take on Leech. I really, 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 really hate it, like in ways that are hard to articulate fully without just saying really a lot more. Yeah. He's kind of a cop-out tech card, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. if you didn't have him in the game, yep. it's like, hard to lazy think of cards design. that wouldn't be countered. Like, eventually we would creatively come up with a way to deal with the meta. Yep. I think he was definitely a more necessary escape valve before they started like hitting the nerf bat with like all sort of powerful late game cards that it really counters like blob and with the willingness to like constantly tweak some of these like powerful top end cards. I think leech, like you can't make the excuse that like leech is a really necessary escape valve. Um, That's a good point. But, but I think when the game was starting, I think he was much more defensible as a card that should exist when they were much slower about changing things. All right. But I don't think we have a lot of passion around Leech, which is sad. He's a cool character. Uh, Yes, but you also, like, missed the point of your own statement. But we thankfully moved beyond that slide and moved on to Marvel Snap Buy or Sell. All right, Lauren. uh, I love this. This definitely not biased one here. Snap Judgments League will change competitive Marvel Snap. Now, I just want to... I just want to reemphasize for Lauren here on Snap Judgments, the podcast, the official Marvel <laughs> Snap Zone podcast, our tournament. And, and Lauren, the Snap, don't forget uh, what site you write for. Yes. Snap Judgments <laughs> League will change competitive Marvel Snap. Buy or sell? I'm going to buy because the competitive scene has been very dry lately. This, uh, I mean, it's monthly, right? Am I, uh, that I think up? we're going to end up doing every other month, unfortunately. Oh. Every other month. Six six more big tournaments a year than we had before. Uh, probably one of the, you know, I think it'll be one of the best attended. Um, plus adding cool things like regular stats and uh, maybe rankings and interacting with bringing in both creators and uh players who are not creators (laughs) um 
Yeah, uh, great for the community, and and I think it can only be a good thing. Easy buy. Oh, Benjamin, Ben, be mean. Oh yeah, I'm also gonna buy. Also, I think uh, earlier in the podcast is the first it's been mentioned, but I will indeed be uh, competing in Snap Judgments League. So if you've ever looked at any of my deck lists on Twitter and been like. Uh, did you really get 72% win rate with that? But it's got Punisher in it. It can't be good. No. Love, Here's I your chance list, to vindicate yourself and uh, throw tomatoes at me and somehow get egg on my face, even though it was produce that you were throwing. I don't know. Point is, you're going to make me real embarrassed and you sure will wipe the shit-eating grin off my face. Sorry, I don't remember if we swear on this podcast or anything, but... Uh, Yes, We're far uh, enough along in the episode, you can say some things and the algorithm right. will not get well, us. Well, uh, there's no video, but I think the other people on the call can confirm that my resting facial expression is indeed a shit-eating grin. And if you want to wipe <laughs> it off, you gotta join Snap Judgments League, baby! Alright, Aaron, give your take. Buy or sell the Marvel Snap Judgments League of the podcast that you are currently creating that people are currently watching and listening to. All right. Will their league change competitive Marvel snap that you found it? Let's honestly uh, say this. Well, I'm going to sell because there's never going to be a tournament. I'm going to take all my single dollars rich off a dollar at a time and run away <laughs> and disappear to an island. No tournament suckers. Bye. Yeah. That seems unlikely. No. Um, so it wouldn't, had Snap Battle Arena and Snap Fan Opens continued, it would just be another thing. But because they didn't, this is going to change mm-hmm. things. Like, because we don't have what we had earlier. And, like, the previous competitive tournament scene got severely limited who could play to who could get away for a day. And it was extraordinarily hard for a lot of players to get away from a day. And this being more open to a lot more of the community allows a wider base, which allows it to have more impact. So I genuinely, like, not because I'm doing it, um, but because I truly do believe that this is going to help make the game a better place for everybody. All great points, everyone. But I have to say, sell, because I can't be bought. All right, moving (laughs) on. From this, like, absolutely terrible product placement question to a much better one. (laughs) All right, Benjamin Roller, buy or sell, they need to stop printing Thanos cards. Um, I guess I will buy this with the... Oh, we don't do caveats, do we? You can caveat, but you're buying it if you are. All right, well, like, what even is a Thanos card? Um... Uh, well, I guess there is an example. I'm um, so my spouse is a a lapsed Marvel Snap player, but um, recently got back into recently unlapsed, and uh, <laughs> I believe she saw Kyra and uh, you know whatever relapsed. Yes, there is there is in fact a word with <laughs> some connotation. Like word for that. <laughs> but uh, anywho, anywho, she sees Kyra and she's like. This is probably really good with Thanos, right? And I'm like, bingo. So I guess they do print Thanos cards. Um, and and people can recognize them as such, even if they are not as uh, brain-rotted and terminally online as I am. So, uh, yeah, I guess Thanos cards are a real thing, and maybe they should stop printing <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Uh, I, I guess I'll tentatively buy. 
Lauren? Nice. This one's so tricky. Okay, if they made Pull Obsidian text a text where he needed an Infinity Stone card, absolutely, I'll buy it. Um, but the Thanos cards so far have been... You can use them in other places, yeah, even if Thanos is the best place. So... So, okay, so what this means is they should stop printing cards whose primary and best placement is Thanos. Better? Yes. Um, you know what? I am still going to... Well, I'm going to sell because there's only 12 slots in a deck. Mm-hmm. So if you have 11 Thanos cards, what's another one? Like, eventually you, you have to start eating Thanos cards. Um, as long as they're usable somewhere else, I'm fine. Lauren has the objectively correct take because, despite Glazer's like wiggle room, he tried to add here, the game wouldn't exist if they stopped printing Thanos cards because all cards are Thanos cards. Yeah, Thanos <laughs> is just fundamentally busted. Like again, adding a bunch of draw for very small opportunity cost of a perfectly fine top end card that gives you these other things, which increasingly seem as they get nerfed seem to also feel like these Infinity Stones get buffed. Like, I don't understand Thanos. Like, I mean, I do. The card's busted. All Marvel Snap cards are Thanos cards. You can basically have Thanos and, like, 11 other Marvel Snap cards, and you'll, like, have, like, a 49% win rate deck. And then you start slowly refining it and go up in percentage points. So, you all, we all want the game to continue, so this podcast to continue, so you got to sell this opinion. So... If Lockjaw were removed from Thanos, I think I'd be fine with Thanos cards being printed. However, I think Lockjaw fundamentally breaks the card and deck Thanos, and so I am buying. I think that Thanos plus Lockjaw is going to be a problem as long as Thanos and Lockjaw are in the game. I think it is extraordinarily likely that Thanos and Lockjaw were a problem for the last year, and we all just stopped playing it because we're all dumb. We're bored Um, of it. That's that was definitely not it. Like they nerfed like three cards. And we're like, oh, this isn't playable anymore, and we just stopped. And then like six months later, people were like, oh, Blob is out, and then we put Blob in. And it was like, oh, this is great again. And then they basically made Blob like just a very regular, very good card in the deck, and it was like, oh, this deck is still stupid. Thank you. Like so, obviously, Blob wasn't the problem, right? Like it's um, Thanos is fundamentally broken yes but Thanos is fundamentally broken with lockjaw and there are certain types of cards they can print to make that significantly more obnoxious and i will cite scar kyara and call obsidian as three and i wish they would stop giving cards that made the most busted thing in the game busted her but wait so are you saying that lockjaw is a problem don't you know lockjaw is only as bad as hella and hella's fine (laughs) <laughs> yep. I wow. Thank you both for being so correct. All right. Lauren, do you have anything additional you want to say about Thanos here? I do not. Awesome, awesome. All right. Oh, this is gonna be a great one. All right. So buy or sell, the data mine stopping is the community's fault. I believe I started last time with Benjamin. So uh Lauren. Here you go. Join the cancel cavalcade or give it into the mob. Which which is it? Okay. Given that these have to be black and white decisions, I'm going to buy. <gasps> Obviously, it's ultimately second shocked. dinner's choice. 
Um, I think if they gave us any explanation, which they have, they're always going to blame it on us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's people freaking out about data mines changing. And I, I wish they handled it differently than just stopping them. I wish they would, you know, give us official announcements and previews and, uh, you know, make it more clear, like, these are previews, they could change. But uh, given what what situation we do have, I it, it's all our fault. My fault, specifically. I mean, Terrence's fault, but it's fine. Benjamin? <laughs> I think this is just about as sellable as that hella take earlier. Um, Oh my gosh, I, um, you know, I really like to assume that the communications we receive from Second Dinner are, you know, as honest and good faith as possible. And I think in a lot of cases, they absolutely are. I think that suggesting that it's because of community backlash to changes from what has been data mined. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. I think they want to eliminate the information that people were using to make informed decisions. And uh, I think they want us wandering around in the dark and bumping into things and hoping that like, we think it's like our best opportunity to buy whatever bundle or like more information is always better. Even if half of the information changes, we can all be informed about that and still make better decisions and uh, be treated like adults and all that good stuff. I don't know. Like I should have, I should have written down some notes on this one. I knew this question was coming, but yeah, that I just, I feel like they're gaslighting us when they say that like, Oh, mm-hmm. it's actually cause people got really, really hurt feelings when we changed us. a bundle and, and it hurt our feelings when they got angry. And uh, that's not what's going on. You're trying to make us make bad financial decisions. Stop lying. Um, I don't know. Right. How that, many things need to change before we start, you know, before the community at large realizes that data mines aren't, you know, the final product? You know, it only well, takes mean, that a few times before we lose trust in them. Like, I think, but, okay. I'm buying, like, hard. This is where the YouTube commentators are really going to want me to leave the show. Like, I am a buying this opinion oh, really, I, really, I, I really messed, hard. I messed up buy and sell. I'm sorry. I, I buy this. Uh, or, or Oh, you are what, blaming the community? No, no, I, no I sell this. What you're selling. Sell. You were right the first time. Right you didn't believe. Yeah. You didn't have okay. faith in yourself, Benjamin. You, you were right. right the first time. You sold. I'm buying. Like, I firmly believe this. Because I think people conflate three different things that we've been talking about. Second dinner's shitty, shitty advertising and the need to actually advertise bundles. 100% on board. We need that. That's awesome. Them trying to trick people into just spending money immediately by not advertising bundles. Also true. Bad. They shouldn't be doing it. But this community's attitudes towards data mines, like they are actual advertising, actual promises, actual things, and not things that people went into the code, pulled out, and could use to make semi-informed decisions, but treated them like actual advertising like it's something that glenn went on discord and confirmed or some intern posted on twitter like that is the the fact that the community developed that culture on their own oh bullshit no 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 no. it is a hundred percent on their own because it was the only advertising that they did about these things did they did i say it was 
was it not at all second dinner's fault but second dinner wasn't screaming hey go into our code and pull out data mine information and use it for these things like they weren't clearly opposed to it until more recently where they stopped making it possible but they weren't also like literally telling you to do this the two things that i 100% agree with benjamin and glazer on are 100% they need better advertising. They need to lay out at the beginning of every month every bundle that they're going to do, for example, right? Or or the next two months worth of bundles every, or some period of time, right? And yes, the reason they don't do that is because they want you to have FOMO and be like, I don't know if the 3K bundle here will be replaced by a 6K bundle next week, so I need to buy that bundle today. 100% they want you to do that. But pe- so- this community's attitudes towards data mining was toxic, even before they started making significant changes towards the bundles and towards cards. So, so this is utter. This nonsense. is my last week on the show. Okay, this is utter, utter nonsense. Literally, because no one had this attitude. Period about spotlight cash contents. No one did. No one was yelling about it. They changed it like four times, and everyone's like, "Oh, cool, they changed that one, huh?" No one ever yelled about it, and they still removed it. So yeah. that's complete nonsense. Because they literally, the one no one was complaining about, they're like, it's your fault for complaining, but no one fucking complained about that other thing. Just no one did. It didn't there was exist. definitely some chatter I, I, no, about there was like spotlight a, changes. A, there was an occasional conversation that is not the same as complaining. I am terminally involved with this fucking game. Okay. Like, I spent so much time on this game. No one was complaining. Not even, like, the people that, like, just are like, like someone, there's this dude who's blocked by everyone in the community who replies to everyone's every commented oh, video that no yeah, one that plays guy. Marvel Snap, Marvel Snap Snag. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even that dude wasn't complaining about spotlight changes. No one was complaining about spotlight changes. It's bullshit. It's complete bullshit. They're gaslighting us. This is straight up gaslighting. And data mines are advertising. They were saying yeah. we don't want to have to advertise our bundles and spotlight caches. That takes effort on our end, and we are poorly organized. You know who's going to do that for us? Every fucking content creator by making a video going, oh my god, this is busted. Because that's what we all have to do, because the YouTube algorithm is a piece of shit. But you know what that does? That advertises the living shit out of their product. And then they realize that through whatever data and metrics they had, they realized that by not advertising it at all, they can make people confused and make people buy more shit and fuck us for advertising for them. Fuck us for trying yeah. to give informed decisions. Go to hell. And <laughs> like, it is the most frustrating thing in the world because like, if you're going to take away bundles, I'm annoyed, but at the end of the day, it just makes me sad for Yeti who like really built his stuff off that. Um, Very true. But getting rid of what's in a spotlight cache is utterly fucking bullshit. It's utterly fucking bullshit. That is how you play the game. If you cannot know what is coming up in caches in the next two to three weeks, you cannot objectively, intelligently plan. Ben? Okay, thank you for calling on me, Mr. Glazer. I remembered something that I should have mentioned earlier. Um, so they can claim that, like, you know, the data mines, that's, like, not stuff that we intended to put out there. And you know what? I would believe that for the first two months. After that, they know that they're getting data mined. Like, that it is... Mm-hmm de facto like an official press release almost even if it is subject to change like they know that they're getting data mined they they are aware of marvelsnapzone.com and other similar websites like there's they're putting it is publicly available information whether they meant it to the be the first time or not like all subsequent additional batches of data like they knew what was going to happen to them and uh yeah that that's a thing that i meant to mention earlier but forgot to 
I'm actually slightly confused by one of Glazer's complaints here. So like, I actually get most people being upset about the bundle data mines going away because that's like actually budging out how much money you're going to spend on the game. And they don't tell you at the beginning of the month, like what bundles are coming out that month. Mm-hmm. So you can't say like, I have $200 to spend on Marvel snap. What should I spend my $200 a month on Marvel snap? That's a lot to spend on Marvel snap, but let's just say that's what it is. But they actually do announce at the beginning of every season what the spotlight cards are going to be, right? Like, and yes, the variants. But not, but not what the other cards will be. Only they the new cards. The variants. Yeah, they right. announced the new cards. The var- that's all data mine, dude. No, I'm almost, like, I'm, am I insane that there's that in yes. my app, when you open it, it says, like, Supergiant, and then these are the cards with Supergiant? Am I wrong? That week. Like, that week. That not, week. Not earlier. That week. Okay. I'm going to so, actually like, open I, my if, app. If I really want Gladiator sure. next week, right? Which Gladiator is oh, coming. Oh, Gladiator is in the week of, uh, what's it called? With, next week. The of, Corpus Glaive with, with X-23. Sweet. I'm actually yeah. opening for Corpus so, Glaive, so there we that's go. That's next week. So if I really want Gladiator, and I don't know if Gladiator is coming, it's extraordinarily hard for me to use my spotlight caches. And if I use my spotlight caches incorrectly because I don't have accurate information, and then Gladiator comes up, I'm far more likely to spend a bunch of money on tokens to buy Gladiator, which is basically what they're doing. Wait, right now. no. Okay, I'm in the app. Yeah. And then it says Spotlight Caches, February 6th. It's got Darkhawk, Supergiant, Zabu. And then February oh. 13th, it's got Nimrod, Call City, and Thanos. And yeah. then it says February 20th, Gladiator, Corvus Grave, X23. Where? And then Modoc in the news of the app. I'm literally in, you can't see this video, people. Like, I'm in my, my, my app. It's like literally here. Like, like. Well, let's I, just say <laughs> supposedly that's going away. Okay, maybe that's going away, but that, that, that's officially like. But it shows I shows you the variants too. Yeah, like not I'm just, just the character. Like the thing I thought, like when you were going off about Spotlight Caches, I was like, that's weird because I thought they were advertising. Because the thing I reasonably understand people getting upset, even though I think people put too much faith in the data mines, like being pissed off that you don't know what you could spend your Marvel Snap budget on, Fair. like the so actual money, you, is a reasonable you, thing to feel. Even if I do think people had a really toxic relationship with data mines. Like they just like believed it was a promise from the company versus like what was in their game files when they released the patch. Um, and they just didn't care to clean it up because it was more trouble than it was worth and was free advertising. But was it like conscious free advertising? They were just like, hey, these are in the files. People can get them. That's cool. But then once it became a pain in the ass for them, they got rid of it. That is my attitude towards what happened with the data mines. Um, but I definitely I was like. Definitely, you can. Maybe they're getting rid of that starting. What's the next season? Uh, uh, Avengers? No, no. Is Avengers versus Avengers X-Men versus yeah, X Men? Right? You had it. Is next? Okay, yeah. so maybe Avengers versus X Men. They'll get rid of it. Not tell you the month. But I thought that but the even, one thing they did advertise then, was Snaplight Caches. Even then, oh, there is there caches. are several weeks, right? Because if you're yeah. spending on season pass, yep. you're getting about two spotlights a week ish, mm-hmm. right? Lauren, correct. One point something. One point something a week. Great. It, so yeah, it's closer to one and a half. So I want to open right, for. Yeah. I would. I'm interested in Gladiator. Gladiator is not the card I most want to have. Right. Ms. Marvel is the card I'm really dying for. Who cares? Ms. Marvel is a fine example. Yes. Ms. Marvel is week two of. What's next month? March. That's how months work. Ms. Marvel is week two of March. How do I know what's coming next month? How do I plan two weeks out? I still can't plan two weeks out, even if I can plan for this exact month. So for exactly one week, I have a full four weeks of information, and then I know very little without data mines. I mean, again, 
I, I can't fully disagree, like knowing a large amount of, mo- m- amount of stuff, but like, what is the timeline that we would ideally want? Like one month? Okay, that's well, not enough. Well, we have, they what announce we have right now. Two months. Sta- two months with, is perfectly fine. With, with data long. Well, we have three <laughs> months now, don't we? No, we usually have two. We two? have the month we're in, and then we have um, two hours. Yep. Oh, man. The spider, spider Glenn and Miles variants are very cute, but they're not worth 50 bucks. All right. Anyway. So so it's uh, so it, that is that that is worth it. That is uh, double the gold you usually get for 50 bucks. Sure. So as the closer you are to game complete, the better double. that bundle is. I went through it with Yeti. I got to talk about it later. Okay. It's almost double. Right? I guess. I don't know. All right. So, anyway. I'm not right. Yeti. Trust Yeti. All right. Let's move on. All right. Series three is more of a problem than series five. Uh, Benjamin, right? Or because we had such Wait, an intense should, conversation. Do I, need, do I need to explain this one? No, no, you do not. At least not <laughs> no, to me. You don't need to do this. I assume uh, this is to new players or is this they're just to be clear or just in for the, the game. game as a okay. whole, not a to whole. anyone. Yeah, there you game. go. All for right. the health of the yeah, game. Yeah, game as a whole. I buy this very hard. Yes. Series three. Huge problem. Uh, it was a problem when I started playing at global launch, or at least it felt like a problem, just like with the normal or the, you know, base size of series three, when there were like, not cards added to it. But like, yeah, it was so tedious, and so frustrating to be aware of all of these cards that, you know, would make other cards viable, but have no way to get them or target them to pursue my deck building whims. Uh, hugely frustrating and now it has to be so much worse I can only imagine I I don't know the specific numbers I assume Lauren will be very much on top of that but like it, series 3 is huge now and it, the acquisition is like glacially slow and now it's complicated by people getting you know series 4 and 5 cards that they probably won't be able to make full use of without the things in series 3 it's it's just they've got to speed it up somehow is my feeling because it makes it really hard to recommend the game Lauren this is an extremely easy buy both because series 3 is the biggest problem that's ever been and series 5 is the smallest problem that's ever been or close to it anyway Uh, series 5 is growing eternally but also spotlight caches have done an extremely good job of getting series five cards into players' hands mm-hmm. much better than the token system did. Um, series three takes what six, seven months to do now. Se- mm-hmm. Season pass only. Mm-hmm. Um, With maybe back. even yeah, maybe even eight because we're gonna have two more series drops within those eight months, mm. seven months. Um, Are we? That's a good question. Based it a few times a year. So I'm taking yeah. that as roughly quarterly. So I don't believe them, but that's neither here nor yeah. there. Well, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. I feel like that feels like bullshit. But seriously, it takes way too long. And it's not just how long it takes, but it's also how little agency you have over the series three mm-hmm. cards you get. Mm-hmm. The only one that you can choose is the one free one per month. And you have to be watching your app like a hawk to see those every eight hour rotations. Better not sleep for nine hours. Death when she shows up. I, right. Um, when I was in series three, I literally did not sleep for nine hours. I had an alarm at like seven. And a half. <sighs> God. Like on weekends. Just to check in. Right? Things we do. 
Well, at least I'm Series on... 4 isn't a problem anymore. <laughs> or it won't be. It's because there's like three good cards in all of Series 4, but yeah. Well, also, they aren't well, adding okay, any more. So we say <laughs> if it's seven to eight months to finish Series 3, almost any Series 4 or 5 card is going to show up in the spotlights within those seven to eight months. Yeah. Like, you almost have more agency over those than mm-hmm. you do the Series mm-hmm. 3, and that's not even considering Token Shop. So um, my very last card was Mystique, and there were probably 90 Series 3 cards when I finished. She's not the most important one, but she's one I wanted for oh. a really long time, and she she's was definitely one of the coolest one. ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like, imagine if you're a destroy player, and you know some critical series three card is your very last piece, then you're not doing a good job of checking your phone every eight hours. But that's besides the point. I mean, um, but you can be. There's a lot of cards there, and like there's like six destroy cards you need, right? Yeah. It's it's. It's a huge problem, and Series 1 and 2 are so well-curated. Series 3 is way too big, and they need to cut it off at, I don't know, 60 cards, something like that, to say these 60 are going to be easier to get than the next 60. Um, so, I don't know how you do that. My best, so, my best option is just everything up one series. So my former student, Louis, who's 31, plays Marvel Snap, I had dinner with him, I don't know, a month ago, and he's about 60% of the way through Series 3. And I looked through his cards, and I was like, you cannot actually build a meta deck. You can't get, like, close to a meta deck. And he was like, I know, this is ridiculous. And I was like, he was like, what do I open? I was like, you can open, like, five cards, but every card you open is going to still leave you one to two cards away from a meta deck. Just see what you open and lock things and hope for the best. And, like, I built, like, seven decks because I'm insane, right? Like, at this point, like, I know every card in Marvel Snap real, 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 real well. But, like, I was just like, none of these are, like, even close to ready. This is just the best you can make from these with what you have. And he was like, and he was like, I, I know. And his brother plays. Um, and his brother's like 30% through series three and just hit like three meta decks and is having a grand old time. And whenever they like do friendlies, his brother smokes them and his brother's like, you're better at this game than I am, but I have decks and you have shit. And it's just like, what is the solution to that? I mean, the solution is give me the money, but like if he didn't know me, he would have quit the game. And like, how many people is that true of? And they should have stats and data about when people quit the game, whether yeah. it's Series 3 or Series 5. And maybe they're just not quitting in Series 3 and it just feels like they are. But if you're really unhappy with Series 3, even if you stick it out till you're done, being done with something really frustrating often makes you be done with the experience that was really frustrating. Mm-hmm. And you're more, I think that would like mm-hmm. if you enjoyed series three and it was a reasonable pace and then you enjoyed series four and five and it was a reasonable pace i feel like you're more likely to stay than if you absolutely hate series three you sort of like hate finish it and then you're like fuck this game bye yeah yeah if they want i i, I will I'll, I'll buy buy this sort of um you can't sort of well i'll buy it but the mm-hmm. sort of comes from i think when you're like in the position we are where you have most of the cards series three isn't that big of a deal because it's sometimes faster to get series three cards than it can be depending on the whims of the spotlight caches. But I definitely think for newer medium term players, it's a big problem. And I think 
the biggest problem is this obsession that second a fundamental design pillar seems to be bespoke collections that they want this idea that like everyone's collection is a little bit different like this kind of attempt to create like a digital version of like your no one's trade binder is the same in other games um and that i think is actually really toxic for a digital game yeah um and i think if they want to keep that i think they have to start introducing like booster packs into series three where you get like three cards at once or four cards at once and maybe even if maybe this is too generous to newer players and mean to us long established ones with some small chance of getting a series four series five when you hit one of those right like something to like keep you wanting the gotcha right and it like the and the address and boost that you're like moving through it at a pace where if you're free to play or or a low spender uh like a just a season pass spender in maybe three months you could get through but you're getting cards at three at a time right and also getting cards three at a time creates like an illusion of even if you get three of the shittiest cards in series three you've still got three new cards and your brain's like oh what could these three new cards do versus one card it sucks and you're just like okay it goes in the pile right like i think it creates more opportunities to engage by giving if they're going to keep series three being this huge chunk and not move some of it down to series two and sort of like not move stuff back down like all of these kind of like things that they could do i think introducing booster packs into the whatever the series three version of cases is um would be the would be the solution so i'll de- I, i'll definitely buy this but i'm um mostly for newer players yeah like no one cares about us we're fine oh yeah i mean no we're not like, but that's fine <laughs> like, sure, sure. We, sure. like lots okay, of things about the economy fine. suck for people uh you know particularly non-optimizers yes. so yes but we're insane is what i meant like by fine i meant we're already hooked right i mean glazer you just told me that a 50 dollar bundle that just gives you gold and two variants is good value like that's 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 how fucked we I are. Bought it. So I I'm not looking at with you. I was like, oh, hey, like man, I think those variants are cute. This buys me more. This mm. buys me more variants. I got two there variants, go. and oh. now I can buy more variants. And I remember when we started the show. Glazer's like, I will never spend my gold on a variant. Y'all and your and variants. Here we are. Here we are. Worn down. Eighteen all months you, later. All you, all you have to do is tell me their tax write off, and I was like, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. Oh my god. Here we go. All right, all right, all right. Leave for free. Move. <laughs> moving on. Next. Uh, all right. So, uh, I think we are back to Ben, or do we just have no? We're up to Lauren. All right. So we, these conversations are so long, and it's easy for me to forget who we're going to do. All right, Lauren. Call is pretty severe power creep. Buy or sell? Um, pretty severe is kind of gray area on its yeah. own. Blazer. Um, but I'm, you know, you had these two days ago and you could have said yes. that and we could have modified it, but no, tell me on air. That's no problem. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sell for a couple reasons. One is century. The other four ten, one of the other four tens, but the one that's arguably better, um, century exists and is a 420 in a deck where you can send void over well then, no centuries and 1120 right at best or at best an 820 
Well, a, it's a nine twenty six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, but it's never a five. It's With never Viper. a five twenty. It's never a five twenty. That's not a thing. You're right. You're right. You have to build around it. Mm-hmm. Which Cole, you don't have to build around nearly as much. No. Having one cost is much easier. But the reason I'm selling, the core reason I'm selling, is because Cole isn't power creep. The entire set of four cost cards is okay. Maybe not all of them, but four costs in general are. Power they're way ahead of the curve completely. Dude, what is Iron Lad doing at 4-6? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Shh, they forgot. Leave it alone. <laughs> it's not just because of Zabu. Zabu exacerbates it, mm-hmm. but forecasts are just there ahead of rate compared to any other costed card in the game. It's the same it's, problem with two drops. It's kind of because of Zabu. Definitely like, accentuates it for sure. It makes it harder like, to ignore. Like, have you tried to play a Darkhawk deck without Zabu where you're running like three fours and you're just like, ah, well, my you, hand doesn't work. You wouldn't if you were running three fours, but uh, I mean. <laughs> right. Like fours might be good, but like fours and multiples are good because of Zabu. And he is in all the decks that have multiples of fours, even if it is like different uh, four drops in each of the decks that are, you know, deemed problems or whatever. He's the common denominator for sure. In uh, I don't, he he's the mascot of the four drop problem. But if three if three costs were better, maybe you, you wouldn't have so many Zabu's and like Zabu's in so many decks but, right now. So that's not why. It's not that three costs are worse because three costs have to be worse than four, four costs for entirely obvious reasons, right? The reason that Zabu is in every deck is because every other thing you can do early game got nerfed. What else are you doing in the early game that affects? Yeah, the early game? they really they should put Angela back. That's what I think. Yeah, I mean, or and make like three or four more other things that work like Angela. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they are. I'm not a card designer. Luke also. But like, but yeah, but there's nothing. What else are you doing early in the game before turn three to affect the game? Playing Ravona. I mean, sure. <laughs> which is basically Zabu. My most right? played like, card is and, Craven. And, I, hey, whoa, whoa. The small, scra- the small scalers. I'm just going to say Ravona turns a lot of my five and six drops into four and five drops. That's all I'm going to. Uh, yes. That's all I'm going to say. Look, I love Ravona too. Ravona, I actually like Ravona <laughs> a lot more than Zabu. I think she's better design. But. Like, there's very, very few things you can do early in the game that are as widely appealing as Zabu, as easily powerful as Zabu, right? And, like, most of the other things, again, we already name-checked Elsa and Angela. Um, You can throw Kitty in there, right? You can throw Luke in there. There's probably some others if we really think about it. But, like, I mean, early Bishop, when Bishop was completely freaking stupid, was a three that you would build an entire game plan around, right? They nerfed um, all of, like, almost all the powerful fours got weaker, your Lizards, your Mysterio, so on. So, like, all the things... Sorry, thank you. You're right. So, almost all the powerful things to do early got killed. So, if all the powerful things to do early got killed, why spend time early and not just ramp out of it, which is basically what Zabu Mm -hmm. does. You just opt out of that entire, like, mm, I can waste my time for a few turns thing. Yeah, I mean, four drops are the most dangerous card slot, like, sitting in the middle of the, 
the cost curve, right? Like they're going to always exist in this space where they are going to generally be more powerful than three drops and generally be slightly worse than five drops. But since they are there, but that makes, but because they're four though, they're the most powerful card that it's easier to play other cards with. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Um, And so that creates like this really interesting design tension and Zabu does make the problem worse but I do think is fundamentally the source of the problem because it just reduces the din- downside real too significantly um, of build of having multiple four drops um, and turning fours into threes, which creates all kinds of different things. So I think definitely Sabu, I think still is, I've said this over and over again. I still think it's just like the best card in Marvel yeah. snap besides maybe Thanos. Um, and the fact that those and the fact that those two cards perennially create problems specifically this card i'm gonna kind of i'm gonna sell it mostly because i don't think that this card is like super duper the source of most of the power creep in the game i think like blob is actually more symptomatic like like the five also like a nihilist in some ways is mm-hmm. I think this move to try to make more expensive cards better is leading to a lot of the power creep. Cause mm-hmm. what they did is make cheaper cards better for a while. Cause the six drops were too good. And like, it's just this weird sort of like arms race between the two cost slots. Cause I don't mm-hmm. entirely think that their design sensibilities are like fully aligned. So there's my answer. What about what about some other four drops like Loki and Ms. Marvel? Mm, yeah. Right? Like you're going to tell me about four consoles. I would still play those without Zabu. Yes, but I wouldn't play Loki and Ms. Marvel and Shang-Chi. Yeah. It, sure. It, it, Zabu does invite you, you to load up on them, you know, like <laughs> because of Loki's specific tension. Sure. But like if you change Loki with something else, I don't think you would. Like, I think Loki is specifically weird for obvious reasons. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely those Darkhawk decks before Zabu, that, like, two-week period, I guess, before uh, Zabu, when just right? Because I think that was the release order, right? Like, yeah. Zabu was, mm-hmm. like, yeah. beginning of December, and the January no, 20... Zabu was beginning of February. No, but Darkhawk was first. January. January. Darkhawk was first though. He was in yeah, December. Darkhawk was first. Right. Mm-hmm. That that period of like yeah. Darkhawk before Zabu sort of showed the awkwardness of like building your strategy around four costs before um before Zabu came out. Right. Because sometimes you'd have this hand that's like Look. Shang-Chi, Darkhawk. I don't know. I can't remember another four drop that, but that that that, that Rock Slide. Rock Slide. There you go, right? And you're like, I can either like play my proactive thing, which might be better than their uh, their proactive thing, or I can play my answer, which will then not be able to answer their devil dino that they're going to play. Like, it was just like really awkward because you were building around this like four spot that that, and if you drew it in the wrong order, it was really weak. But Zabu just smoothed all of that out, and that was, of course, old Zabu. But new Zabu still does a lot of that work. So, anyway. so we know this because Mobius was a two three. Right? Like when Mobius was a 2 3, Darkhawk decks disappeared. Four cost decks disappeared. They just stopped being. I mean, 
Loki, right? But we've established, like, I hope we can all just agree and move on that Loki is his own. No, we should all aspire to thing. the Loki meta. That's, uh, that's yes, where we want right. it. So Loki is Loki. But, like, outside of Loki, Four Drops just disappeared when Mobius was a tutor. Because you couldn't play Zabu. Right? Like, I'm not incorrect in that, right? Like, we all remember that I... the same way as because brains are yeah, silly. It's, it's hard for me to say. I don't play the the meta decks generally, so like I don't I don't remember yeah, what everyone was. Them, I do right? play against them. It's true. I don't know. I I guess that sounds possible. I I wouldn't swear to it. You know, like I would not testify that four drops dried up because Mobius was around. But I also don't know that yeah, they I didn't. Remember Sarah drank for sure. Mm-hmm. So well, Sarah just disappeared. I think. I think Glazer's thesis is correct, but I do think they ban hammered or nerf hammered Mobius like fast enough that we can't like scientifically say that they disappeared. Cause there mm. is that like lull where like the mm. answer comes out and then what the deck, the, the deck that it was supposed to answer disappears for a while mm-hmm. and then slowly comes back as people realize that again, yeah, as we said at the beginning, threats are better than answers and eventually you'll figure out like how to play your threats around their answers. Like I think Mobius got like whacked before people make made that shift of in the four cost decks, but we could be wrong. We'll never know because we don't exist in that universe, but somewhere some version of this podcast is discussing that. Either way, we are far afield. I think Cull is actually pretty serious power creep. I think um, he's the four that like, he's the good stuff card. Whereas Annihilus is a package. Even Darkhawk is a package. Mm -hmm. Cull is just like, I'm building decks I because I have to build a lot of decks because I'm insane. So I build a lot of decks and I'm sitting there going, why should I not run call here? Why should I not run call here? And as long like outside of like strictly packaged decks, I should run call here. Yeah, he's super good. Um, I forgot. Have you, have you bought or sold? Oh, uh, I am buying the shit. You're buying. I'm also buying. Yeah. I, I built a very boring Call Obsidian deck and it just doesn't lose very much. It's yeah. It's in my it's in bounce. Like safety put it in bounce. Safety was just like, huh. Why don't I just throw this in bounce? And then like if I have a bunch of zero cost shit at the end of the game, I could just play cult. Yeah, I'm just doing good stuff, Darkhawk, Miss Marvel crap with Cull, and he just, yep. Works it just wins. This, it like so this, the numbers get big. They go vroom. Yeah. Um there's just what don't you want to play a four ten in that if you can get to and like I think the number might be two one. Someone was supposed to do the math for me and then just kind of didn't. Um, not saying any names. I don't have any friends that are good at math. It's hard to claim, but like there's just no real place that doesn't want a four ten that like is free to play. And and, it, and I think he is I like a freestanding building. Like there there are no support things yeah. you really need. Like and like yes, it's only a three card package for Sentry and Nihilus. But Sentry and Nihilus, I think, is the best package in the game right now. So releasing a standalone card that's nearly as good as that, I think, is fairly power creep. And then the hood is two one drops. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is in, as far as I can tell, every Sentry Annihilus deck for until yep. something changes, I, right? Like, there's no reason. Because Sentry Annihilus decks, because they're running good, also often run Nico. And guess what? Now you're running Call. You're there. That's three point drops. Have a great time. Okay. You sold me. I'm buying. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like it would your every Darkhawk deck, at least as long as Zabu exists, they're gonna have to nerf Zabu. Just for the record. This card is gonna get Zabu nerfed. And this we'll all shed so many tears when they do. <laughs> I will <laughs> definitely, definitely shed tears because this stupid boring tears. card is what allow is what got of all the busted four drops that they've printed, it's this stupid card that is just stats. Like Miss Marvel didn't get Zabu chat. That's at least a cool card that does well, something can, different. That is a cool like, card. You can nerf Ms. Marvel, right? <laughs> like, you can nerf Ms. Marvel in real ways. How do you nerf Cult? Unprint this card. Like that's yes. that's what you do. Yes. Like just but unprint like, it. But like <laughs> yes. seriously, you can nerf it to like you're not gonna nerf to have need two one drops in a lane. That's stupid, right? Oh I love that. How about three one drops? <laughs> that sounds great to me. I hire me as a balance designer at my if current you, salary. I will gladly take that. While we're uh, talking about three one drops, can I just mention I feel like this is gonna be a good year for Squirrel Girl between Cull Obsidian and Mockingbird next month. Like it's, it's we're all going to be playing Squirrel Girl. Girl. That's, hey, that's a card I would love to dust off my virtual collection. I've got sweet variants for that card. Uh, I've got the hip Squirrel Girl because I immediately completed that album. You I have everybody else. Like, I have zero making out of cupcakes like that one. Is, that that's a great. That is a good one. All right, we'll go to our last one. Uh, we'll start with you, Ben. Uh, do you have? any of your own here that you want to offer to us for yeah, buy or sell? Absolutely. Marvel snap. Or would, do you want to buy uh, very sell this much... segment? <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> Marvel snap would very much benefit from the addition of some single player content. I think we've seen it work in good games like hearthstone. I think there have been all kinds. I mean, I haven't played hearthstone in a few years, but for many years I did play and there were all kinds of cool single player things to do. I think it's worth noting that everything that you can do in Marvel Snap right now, it's all very zero sum. You know what I mean? It's all you versus another human and somebody's going home crying. And it's like, kind of like there's a 50% chance in theory that it's you. And I think that can be like a little bit psychically damaging over a very long time. And it would be great if you could just beat up on the CPU every once in a while. And also, it would be a wonderful opportunity to teach players how to use cards that maybe they are not eager to play immediately, just like in a vacuum. But, you know, maybe there could be little puzzle challenges that got people better at positioning or like moving cards and like doing cool maneuvers and things. Like, uh, I think it would be a great opportunity to... um, yeah, just make it a little bit less of a bummer for people when they're losing a lot and just have like something to retreat to where they can still be practicing the game without making themselves feel like failures. Or uh, And also, it's just a great opportunity to strut the lore. You know, DC Dual Force, rest its dearly departed soul, uh, it had shockingly good single-player content. These comic book missions where you'd, you know, you'd uh, save the day with the Wonder Woman versus, you know, some Wonder Woman enemies. Cheetah. You know, I, I forget I forget who was in that one. Maybe it was Cheetah. I don't know. I, I played a fair amount of Dual Force, but they did the single player thing really well and nothing else. But uh but yeah, if they can do it, Second Dinner and Marvel, like they would knock it out of the park if if DC pulled it off. And they did. So, yeah, I would love to see some single player content in 2024 or 2025 or whenever they get around to it. I'm much more eager to see that than auto battler stuff. 
Oh, I love auto. Oh, I love auto battlers too, but Hearthstone yeah. Battlegrounds, Team Fight Tactics, like uh, people are already doing it, and I don't really. No, oh, I don't. I don't play other card games, mm. so I don't know. Wait, have they so... said that they're going to do their own version of Battlegrounds? No, no, that's okay, speculation. Okay, okay cool, cool. But but no, it's, it's it's perfectly reasonable speculation, Ben. Like, like I would not be surprised. I, I'm sure it's higher on their to do list, probably. Oh, I'm not sure. I I speculate that it's higher on their to do list. Just for the record, buy. This is an easy buy. I want yeah. it. Unobjectionable buy. I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. If this is what the people want, they should definitely get it. Also, I'm just suggesting I probably yeah. wouldn't play it very much because I don't play a lot of the single player content. I play it once and then I, I'm done with it. But, you know, I think people would like it. It would serve a purpose. I'm the same. Single player is not for me, but I think that it it would be a mode that expands the target audience better than any other thing they could add. Certainly better than like a draft mode, which I yeah. would love. A draft mode. I would love well, that. But... but there's already stuff in the game that caters to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just to be clear here, um, for those, since there's no video here, Lauren shitting on the idea of a draft mode just killed Aaron. Like, Glazer is dead. I just like, don't. I, well, she, we all she does want this it. all the time. I just don't listen when <laughs> she does. It's fine. Like, like I I, love, I, I'm still I waiting. A draft yeah. mode. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still waiting on my number of uh, one drops math. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all right, Lauren, do you have a uh, buy or sell, or do you just want to sell this segment? I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm, I've got one. Um, I think that <laughs> the card design in general is too narrow. Glenn will openly say that the design of this game pushes into more narrow spaces than most games are comfortable doing. Um, and it's probably the deck builder in me, but uh, I think there's too many cards that are just like so specific that they are absolutely the right answer in their spot, and that is only getting worse over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll buy that. Hmm. <laughs> No, I mean, I think this is a compelling one. I I'll also I'll also buy that. I think Marvel Snap design is like fundamentally incoherent. I think mm. would be a way it would be a way I would put it. Um, it's like they take such big swings and such narrow swings. Um, I think it's actually, and as much as I actually actively do not want a draft format, I actually just like just could not care less about drafting i actually think the fact that yes. every card is only made for constructed leads to like they're never being surprised designs mm. um like they don't they don't design like enough cards to make like organically good mistakes they make mistakes yeah. like elsa mm. or whatever but like cards don't just kind of emerge out of the ether like or they design a card for limited but it ends up being busted and constructed for different reasons right Mm -hmm. like you often see in like magic cards right the fact that there's like one game mode um that they're designing all the cards for i think that is what fundamentally just like and not even just one game mode but like like conquest is kind of a different game mode but it's not really like 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 there's one format as well right there's no there's just standard or whatever term you want to use marvel snap there's no like bigger formats with bigger cards right like there's like this one space that all cards go into and i think that is what narrows the design space the, the most and i hope that one day 
they get a bigger format that we can see cards like organically become busted versus just like the initial design is either like on point busted or shit, which is kind of like where all cards land. Um, and it's not all, but like 75% and a few emerge organically as like, Oh yeah, this was surprisingly powerful. Um, unlike in other card games, like again, like magic hearthstone because there's limited in those two, but there's also like a card that's shitty in standard is busted in modern. Um, or a card that's great in modern, uh, terrible in modern is great in standard, right? Like that emerges organically. Um, anyway. I mean, probably. Yeah. This feels like a pretty simple, probably. Yeah. Um, so I'm buying, but like, I'm not enough of a card design person to actually know. So I will take the people who are more educated on its work. Sorry, I know that wasn't a compelling answer, but that's my answer. No, I, I think that's a great answer. It has to be tied in also with 12-card decks, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is that why they're comfortable making things so narrow? Yeah. And also, is that why we feel it so much more? Because there's only 12 slots. Like, when there's 11 best obvious cards, it's just really limiting. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, all right uh, let's call that was a very fun segment uh all right so we are in our segment that we do every week very end of the week we'll start from the left who picked this like more realistic oh we're doing vulture to be clear here uh vulture who picked the vulture here on the left is there very i picked this vulture this is the julio rincioni vulture Maybe. I don't know. I don't. I'm not uh, an Italian speaker. I enjoy garlic and tomatoes and cheese. And that's, garlic. that's about as deep as I go on Italian culture. Um, but okay. yo, this vulture just so sick. Totally captures everything I love about the vibe of the character. He resents Spider-Man's youth. I call this one the get off my lawn Spider-Man vulture. Uh, he just like vulture doesn't do quips he's always angry at spider-man for doing quips he doesn't get the kids jokes you know like ah and he's got all this youthful energy just bouncing around all over the place and he's always like yelling and screaming and like he just wishes he was young so bad and i i get it i get it there's something very truthful about this vulture all right thank you benjamin who picked the luchador mask vulture He's a supervillain. He should wear a mask. <laughs> Why is he just out there shouting out his identity? That's mine. I no like one cares vulture. about the vultures. Now he I, I care about the vulture. Then no, I like you don't. The vulture. I do like the vulture. I've no, no, no. I, I, you can like the vulture. You just don't care about uh, his identity. Adrian Toomes. No one Adrian cares about Toomes Adrian Toomes. The real MVP. Oh, All right. sure. Uh, no, I think I think Adrian Toomes is a great character. I think that um, I think he's a really compelling character and. I really, really like this design. I especially like that one hand is balled up for a fist and one hand is like a vulture claw mm-hmm. as he pops out of the screen. I enjoy cool. the mask. I like the feather is not directly attached to the arm. Um, feather, I get the feathers attached to the arm design, but it always feels a little funky to me. Mm-hmm. Like you're just walking down the street and you're like flapping away. I don't know. Um, like I like the feathers on the back better. And I personally think the mask is cool. All right, Lauren, why did you pick the sort of red-eyed vulture here? 
Yeah, this is Combo Break. Uh, it's not released yet, but I love the colors. And to me, it looks the most like the character. Um, or at least how I picture a Vulture enemy to be. He has got a beat. Literally. Um, yeah. Pixel was my backup if you want me to pick one that's released. <laughs> so well, I was going to pick yours, except I didn't like the red eyes. I will say that once again, we have an objectively correct answer. And that's the one on the right here, which is the pixel, which Oof. captures just the absolute F like essence of how crappy of a villain the vulture is. <laughs> like, I don't mean this and you can't like the character. The, the, the vulture is just a crappy villain. Will There's a reason is. why across the spider verse had to turn him into some Leonardo da Vinci version to make he's him got compelling. Gr- he's got grass growing or Michael. Back. Only Michael Keaton. They had to bring out all the stops of Michael Keaton, and he's barely the vulture from the comics in the MCU to make him compelling. Like, I think you just made an enemy, right? Uh, just, all right, so. Look, vulture is crotchety. No, I died off screen in, in Marvel Spider-Man 2. Like, there's just, like, anyway. Spoilers. Backing up L's. Hang on. Like, ben, defend, the, defend your character's honor. Uh, who, me? Yeah, oh, Vulture's you looked taken aback. Well, Vulture is very agape. cool, and yeah, Michael Keaton crushed it in Spider-Man: Homecoming. <laughs> but that was just one of many valid interpretations of the character. Also, I liked that uh, that that version of the character is has the things that I like about the the Vulture in in my illustration that I chose. Like uh, he he's like you're trying to date my stepdaughter or whatever. Like he just hates this youthful this youthful person with joy and like stuff to offer the world, uh, like the, the bitterness, like, uh, he's a great character and I don't know what you're talking about. There we go. All right. The bird man playing vulture it was very funny to me as well. Oh yes. True. Bird man playing vulture strokes. is good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Benjamin, thank you so much for being on this episode. Uh, we're at the point where we begin to say goodbye. If our loyal listeners and loyal viewers were to, Follow your content. Go find you on Elon Musk's hell site. Watch you on Twitch. What would they get out of engaging with your content? Um, well, I post a lot of decks. Mostly they're decks that I've tested in Conquest, and they are generally pretty darn off meta. I've got one that I want to share today, but it is a little maybe maybe too boring for my brand. And I I don't know, I might have to leak it somewhere else that doesn't have my name associated with it or something i don't know but yeah i I post wacky decks i love moving i love surfing uh lately i like discard now who knew that's that's big and fun meek's a really good card please play meek for me um or play meek for your own enjoyment he's just fun as heck uh i can sometimes be found streaming on twitch but not very often but when i do stream it's usually for like six to eight hours and uh i go pretty buck wild with it i think i will try to what day does this go out sunday is that right saturday 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 okay well i'll try to stream this weekend so that if you listen to this you can maybe tune in in the evenings that's usually my time when i do anything but yeah just uh follow me on twitter i don't post anything super troubling it's all it's all generally pretty positive unless i'm maybe complaining about things. I don't complain too much usually in public. Uh, I got feelings, but don't we all? 
Yeah, just uh, play weird decks and the, the, let the vulture within out. Yeah, even if you don't follow me on Twitter, just build a deck and think fondly of me. Keep me in your heart when you're trying new ideas and <laughs> learning things. Yeah, that's all I really want for you. So my turn. There are only two reasons to have Twitter. One is that you have this godforsaken YouTube that you have to um, promote on it. And the others to follow Benjamin Roller. He's one of, I think, my two very favorite people whose content I predominantly consume on Twitter because I don't consider the stupid bullshit nonsense that happens on Twitter to be content. <laughs> it is a hell site it's in the, almost every way, except worst. for Benjamin Roller and Philip Woodward. Um, those are like the only two people I primarily interact with on Twitter that I actually like. Thank Sorry you. if you are one of the others. Get off Twitter <laughs> and get on real apps, please. It's no good for you. But, um, Google so Plus, bad. it is not a thing anymore, Glazer. Like, <laughs> no, I didn't say Google Plus. I think you said Google Apps, and I was like, what Google no, Apps no, are you Get off to? Twitter. Um, Just get oh, off Twitter okay. like, and go literally anywhere else. Okay. And I will happily interact with you. But um, if you are on that piece of shit website, you must be following Benjamin Roller, or you're doing the wrong thing even wronger somehow. Lauren. Why should our friends follow you? Uh, yeah, I post stuff about numbers. I try to make good decks. Mostly I make silly decks. That's nonsense. They're great. Yeah, that's such bullshit. <laughs> um, if you like lockdown and playing cards that aren't very big, that's kind of my jam. Uh, although I do other stuff too. Valkyrie is my favorite, so it just ends up being lots of lockdown. Um, write mini articles on Twitter that Glazer yells at me that they should be on Snapzone. Mm-hmm. Because you get money for one of those and the other is a hell site. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, hey, we don't know what a- we don't know what Lauren's quick click through rate is and whether she is a premium uh, Elon Musk I've fan. I've got a feeling Here, she's not. Uh, we know <laughs> the answer to this. All right, I'm just saying she could be an Elon Musk special kid club and get all the money. That's why I saw. Uh, if she Twitter. is, then we need to have a conversation. <laughs> you are uh, really good uh, at hiding shit. Unlike Benjamin, I post <laughs> lots of things that are troubling. <laughs> no use. <Just> <laughs> uh, almost ninety nine percent of what I post is snap, and I try to make it valuable. And you succeed. That's it. You are so bad at self-promotion. All right. So the ridiculously humble Lauren does again. And I'm going to say this every time because it is worth shouting from the rooftops about her content that there are very few people in Marvel Snap whose content is wholly unique, who no one else is even occupying the same space. And Lauren is one of those people. No one exists in the same space as Lauren Whatevs. No one does what she does for the game, for the community. No one does the type of analytics she does. She'll occasionally bring someone in to help with her content, but then they're literally just in occupying her space. No one else lives there. If you care about basically the minutia of breaking down the data of the game, you need to follow her. Because there is literally, in this whole community, no one else who even tries to approach it because she does it so well. And now I'm done being nice to look. Well said, Aaron. Now we get to my favorite part of every episode and every Snap Take video, <laughs> where Glazer has oh, to no, read have... off the list of all of the patrons. The Snap oh, I didn't patron. update it. 
Ooh, and he didn't update it. Ooh, extra. Let's see if he can do it off the top of his head of who's there. Oh. But Aaron, before you start I reading, one person. how much of their hard-earned money do they have to give you for the honor of you reading their names? Ten buck patrons get three major things that others tiers don't. You get thanks on every single video. You get basically a weekly exclusive video and like several daily exclusive videos because I'm an insane person and just occasionally turn on a camera and talk into it for a few minutes. Um, and you get a monthly exclusive podcast from Ryan. So it's a whole bunch of exclusive content. This is the Patreon exclusive. Thanks for 10 bucks. Yeah, I guess because February is ridiculous. Um, Yeah, it feels like we just did the last one yesterday, but whatever. All right, so we've got Abigail Gieselin, Magistrate Burnout, Cables, DG Winfield, Direwolf, LAB, Father Newman, Good Dog Gamer, Inc., Jane Avery, J.D. McDonaldino, Akela Platino, best name here, Keretix Lee, Koire, Models, Louis Antunes, that's the aforementioned former student, Matt Conduit, Matt H., Mikey Hijinks, No Flex, Ocularis, Pretty Chill, Seamus, Mike Jones, Two Ties, XRSV, The Homie Min, and recently, Gunny T. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, everyone, for doing that, and... One final thing before I bring us home, I just need to remind you real quick how you can engage with us on social media. We are on Twitter slash X at SnapJudgeCast. We are extremely proud to be the official podcasting partner of Marvel Snap Zone. Go ahead and join their Discord. The link is in the description of this episode below in the comments, uh, excuse me, below the comments in the description and in the description of the episode on your friendly neighborhood podcasts. Our email is snapjudgmentspodcast at gmail.com. We are at snap, excuse me, snapjudgmentspod on YouTube. And our Patreon is snapjudgments. Woo! After all of that, that brings us to another, the end of another lovely Valentine's Day episode of Snap Judgments. Benjamin Roller, thank you so much for joining us this week. It was a blast. I had so much fun. I would do it again literally anytime if you ask. I'm sure we will have you on. Speaking of having you on multiple times, Lauren, it is absolutely always amazing <laughs> when we have you on the show. I've enjoyed both times we've done it, and you were excellent on the time you were on the show when I was not. So we are always, always happy to have you on. It's so, it's so fun every time. Well, Aaron... I have been immensely glad, happy to do this show with you week in and week out. I do not know if I will be back next week. I might be guillotined by the people in the comment section for my various <laughs> takes in here. But if I am back next week, I will be very glad to be doing it again with you once more. Peace and love, everybody. All right, friends, that brings us to the end of another episode of Snap Judgments. Stay safe, make your choices, and keep on snapping. Snap.